0: This is the Ed Show. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I'm fired up about today. I've been chasing this lady. I was just telling her for like six months. She is my favorite UFC fighter. I think she's my favorite athlete, just to be honest with you guys. Like, I'm a huge fan. And then I was honored when I found out she was following me. And uh, her story's awesome. She's amazing. You're going to write a ton of notes, you're going to be inspired. She is the karate hottie mama, Michelle Watterson. Welcome to Max Out. Great to have you.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate that that amazing introduction.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I mean it. And You guys, just want you to picture something. There's a lot of you that are, you're feeling far from your dream right now. Like you got this dream. People think you're crazy. And probably with COVID, you probably even feel further away. I just want you to picture something. Here's this girl. She's a ring card girl. She's one of the hotties walking around the ring with the card round two. I want you to picture this, right? And then when she leaves there, she's working over at Hooters, right? I want you to picture this, okay? The ring card girl goes from carrying the what round it is to someday be coming into the UFC and winning like crazy in that actual octagon. She was once the ring card girl. You can't get further away than that. And that's what happened to Michelle. Can you please tell me? How the heck you go from that? Was there like a moment when you're like a ring card girl that like started this process to becoming one of the actual fighters? How'd that happen?
1: Um, well, uh, I actually did martial arts growing up. I have an older brother and yep. um, it was my life. I, I, you know, actually absolutely saved me at a, at a pivotal point in my life where it, it gave me a voice. You know, I, I had an older brother and I wanted to be just like him. We watched Ninja Turtles and Mortal Kombat and Power Rangers.
0: <laughs> Ninja Turtles. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and um, there was a little you know, community center down the street that my parents could afford to put all of us in. Mm. And martial arts gave me a voice. Um, mm. Going to college, um, right as I applied for college, my dad said, you know, baby girl, I got you. And so I applied to DU the private school and um, I got accepted. <clears throat> and then my dad lost his job. so. Mm. Um, uh, to pay for the school, I, I got a job at Hooters. Okay. <laughs> so I was working at Hooters part-time, going to school full-time, and um, really was kind of just in this gray area, and I, I lost myself for a while. I stopped doing martial arts. Um, um, I, I just, I, I didn't have a purpose. I kind of was just floating along, yeah. um, and I, you know, you know, as a Hooters girl, I would do odd jobs. I did, you know, I did photo shoots for, for different magazines and calendar shoots and this and that. And so one of my odd jobs was being a ring girl. I, I had no idea what MMA was. Um, wow. So I just, I took the job as a ring girl and I, I remember like learning all the, the rules as, as a ring girl, like, hold on, so they can do all these different martial arts? It doesn't matter? So they can pick, kick people's face and take them down? Wow. I, like, <laughs> I was so intrigued. And I was like, this is like, I have a background in this. I, I could do this. And I remember telling the promoter, um, hey, you know, I have a ma- background in martial arts. I'm a black belt in karate. I do wushu. I've done kenpo. I, you know, I've competed for over, t- you know, nine, 10 years. Yeah. And he kind of looked at me and just like almost like laughed it off like do yeah you believe me because I'm here with this like push-up brawl and uh, you know <laughs> a little school girl school girl um skirt on <laughs> and so but you know Donald Cerrone was a, a local fighter then yeah and he overheard me and um kind of just you know called me on my bluff I guess he he came to Hooters and left a note and said if you're serious about fighting get your ass in the gym wow and I took him up on his offer and I started training with him.
0: Wow. That's like almost, div- wow. That's like divine intervention. I did not know that little piece of it. That it was Cowboy Cerrone that overhears you, yeah. goes into Hooters and leaves you a damn note. That's See, for you, it's your life now. So you're like, yeah, that's what happened. But when you hear that back, you're like, wow, that's like, that's destiny meeting you, right? And I think for everybody listening to this, one, if you feel far from your dream, this should give you hope. Because I don't, the irony is, you're so much closer than you think you are, and so were you. You were literally standing in the octagon you would someday fight in. That's crazy, number one, right? That is crazy. But then the other thing, because it happened to me, too, like in my business career, too. Maybe you fall off your dream for a while. Maybe it goes away. Maybe you get lost. Maybe you're drifting. And I think what happens is you go, okay, I'm disqualified now. Game over. I was chasing it. Now I'm not. It's over. It's never over. It's never freaking over. There's always a shot. And you're proof of that. That just blows my mind. So you go from there. Okay. So now you're like, all right, I'm going to start training. You actually take them up on it. Was there a point where you, you know, you're like, wow, I could do this? Was there a point where, or did you know it immediately? Or or was there still like a lot of Because one of the things I must say that I love about you is you seem like this contradiction. That's why I root for you. You seem to me to be somebody who's very vulnerable um working on her self-confidence all the time as she's winning fights as she's you know you're like a real human being i think that's why people root for you and so i'm wondering was there a point that you didn't believe it and then there was this moment where you're like oh no i could probably do this
1: yeah i i i would say both of those things i i would say that the reason why I got into it is because it intrigued me. Uh, here I am like, I, so I had this black belt in American freestyle karate. So I think I'm like hot shit. And yeah. I remember going into, uh, he, he Donald had taken me to like this YMCA gymnasium and I'm like, where are we going? And we literally went in, like past the, the, the basketball courts and went into this room where there were these like old wrestling mats and just people just gearing up putting on their gear. And he was like, all right, put your gear on. And it was just a bunch of random, like Joe Schmo people that wanted to be fighters. They all got together and they sparred. They beat the crap out of each other. And I think he kind of wanted to test me. And um, I remember sparring with him, actually, going to throw an axe kick to him because that was like one of my moves, go-to moves in, in point sparring. And I remember him kicking my leg from out under me and me falling to the mat and knocking the wind out of myself. Mm. and standing over me and saying don't ever do that shit again (laughs) (laughs) and I was just I mean completely thrown off I here I I thought I you know you know knew my stuff and realizing that there was still so much to learn is what captivated me and and what intrigued me it's like I, you know, I was a black belt and, and I thought I had had all this knowledge in martial arts and and come to realize that I was still so, so green, so novice that it, mm. it's what drove me to want to want more.
0: Do you think, see, I have this notion I've developed like the last year that the best, the first, the most happy and fulfilled people and the most successful, they trend this line that I see that I think you have, which is that they have a, tr- they work on their self-confidence. They're very self You can't win if you're not confident, but they're, they have an ability to mirror that with unbelievable humility. And that humility allows them to be coachable, to be mm-hmm. humble, to want to grow, to know what they don't know, to be curious, right? And so I get that you were like, wow, I got a lot to learn. But when was the moment where you're like, no, I could win? I'm. This is something could be my life. When was that?
1: You know, like those moments. It's it's weird that you say that because I do feel like those moments they come and they go. There are moments yeah. that are really really comfortable. You have super highs and then you have super lows. I remember going into my first match or and, and taking it with um, four weeks of MMA training Whoa. and it being my I, I took a couple of um, kickboxing smokers and my first MMA fight was supposed to be an amateur fight, but the girl that I was training for her to fight fell through. And the only girl that they had available was a pro fighter. I remember just being so excited to get in there and, and, you know, do what I had been like, what I had fallen in love with that, you know, winning or losing didn't matter. But just the fact that I was able to go in there and everybody, you know, with my nickname, the Karate Hari, thought it was going to be a, a stand up fight. Mm-hmm. I ended up taking the girl down like seven times and, and winning the fight. I yeah. just was, I was on this high and it was mm-hmm. like, this is what I want to do. I, I mean i want to pers- I, you know this how How other way what other way will i be able to continue my martial arts and make money like yeah what i want to do and, yeah. and and then and then you know you get put flat on your back you get <clears throat> you know you get your nose broken you get you mm. you, you lose and then you, you lose your confidence you don't just lose you know physically you also lose emotionally and and mm it's not just you know you go to work and you you lose a a case or you lose this or you lose that the the world gets to see you get beat up you know yeah And, and I think part of me too um is very like you said I grew up in you know military household with with a strict Asian mother and so a lot of things are like very you know strict and by the book and so you know it especially in martial arts too it's like white belt yellow belt orange belt you 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 have to work your way up to be a to be a black belt Mm -hmm. and so in my mind i had to work my way up to be a champion in order for me to exude that confidence that you know that ali has that john jones has that conor mcgregor has Um, and so i was always like treading that line of trying to be humble and respectful versus like believing in myself Mm -hmm. i remember talking to my sports psychologist and um him saying you know when michael jordan was at his pinnacle when he was at his peak um would you call him the greatest of all time of course yes we all did we all do still Mm -hmm. and then he asked and then he asked me do you think he still had things to work on Mm -hmm. and i said yeah Mm -hmm. of course and he he worked on those things constantly so he said you could be both at the same time you very good you could be great and still um be working towards more greatness you know
0: wow that's you know what's interesting because I think a lot of people are very aware of their deficiencies and not so aware of their superpowers. And so I want to unpack a couple of things you said there because you we went right where I wanted to go. I think you've had 18 wins and eight losses. Am I about right on that?
1: I don't know. I've lost count.
0: <laughs> okay. But I think that's, I'm pretty sure that I'm right about that. And <laughs> I want to unpack both. I want to talk to you about both because now, guys, we're going to go into life lessons. One thing that you all don't know is that Michelle is a personal development, self-improvement I don't want to call it addict, but she's she's involved in that because she understands the power of the mind. She understands the power of her spirit. She works really hard on that. And so many of the people that you've seen on my show, she knows. And, and so I want to talk a little bit about winning and losing, because this is where everybody can start to connect a little bit. So I want to talk to you first about and these losses. First off, have you ever had a fight that when you took it, you you immediately thought, I might lose. I could lose. I If you had a fight like that, and then, what's the feeling after a an eight week camp? Let's say you put everything you've got into it. Your team's behind you. What are the emotions that you face? You face after a loss. And and again, have you ever had one where you're like, I I'm, I might or will lose this fight? Have you ever had that? Yeah. Really? Could you say which fight?
1: I think the fight that comes to mind the most is the one against Joanna.
0: Like right when you took it, look at your face change. Wow. <laughs> oh my God. Look at your face change. This is good. So right when you took the fight, look at you, right when you took the fight, there was a fear or a, I'm not good enough or what was it, what was that like?
1: It was, well, it was kind of, I know, I know I'm good enough. I think more than anything, I put the the wrong type of pressure on myself. You know, I put her on this pedestal. She is, she, you know, she was the longest reigning strawweight champion of the UFC and still, still, still holds that title. You know, Mm -hmm. she's, and it was kind of like, holy shit, you know, and, and then, and then, uh, you know, in the same token, I know I could beat her. And if I beat her, then I would be fighting the champ. Mm-hmm. So it was like, yep, this is real, you know, like, this is my chance. This is my opportunity. I, ha- I like, I have to win this fight, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it, 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 it scared the crap out of me.
0: Hmm. And what were your, I'm so thank you for saying that because again, I relate everything to other things. To me, fighting, the reason I love fighting is I think it's the the greatest metaphor for life, both boxing and the UFC. There's it's you and that other person in the cage. And oftentimes it's you versus you mentally, emotionally. It's all about your preparation, training, your confidence, your belief, your ability to execute your fears. I think you really face yourself. When I work with fighters, they're facing themselves. And so When you got in, I think there's a lot of people that are very afraid they're not enough, very afraid they don't have what it takes. And they put the dream or the obstacle that they're chasing on such a pedestal as if it's so unachievable or people like me don't belong there. And then when you get a little resistance, so I want to ask you about that fight. Then when you get the resistance, you're like, oh, I was right. I'm not good enough. And it magnifies. So is there a moment in the fight, maybe even the first round or so you're like, uh oh, or once you went in there were you just executing were you on autopilot
1: let me try to run my mind back to that that fight there was a moment where i lost the reins mm. and i spent the rest of the fight trying to to find him you know mm. it was like i lost control and and i, I in instead of you know Going Plan B, I was like, "No, need Plan A, need Plan A." And trying to find, trying to find the reins that I had already lost, mm. you know. Mm. And so that's what I think really happened mm. in the fight against Joanna. It was like I had my mind made up of how I was going to beat her, and it wasn't, it wasn't happening. Mm. But I was so stuck in how I envisioned it to be. Wow! That. Mm like a CD that skips, you know, uh, uh, uh. and I couldn't, I couldn't get myself out of it. I couldn't get, I couldn't get out of my own way.
0: Yeah. That's one of my favorite answers in the history of the show. And I'm glad that it took you a minute to find it. You were really working on that because I think that's another thing that happens. I just want to say this to everybody that you have in your mind, the way it has to go in order for it to work, to make your dream happen or make a relationship happen in your mind. You're like, it's gotta be this way, this, these roses, she must treat me that way, or he must do this. And when it varies from this perfect picture you have, it's your ability to improvise oftentimes in life and pivot. So many people right now in their lives are in the middle of this pivot that does separate you. And if you get into that CD, that's skipping, you keep going, no, it's supposed to go this way. No, it's supposed to go this way. It's not going that way. It's not. So you've got to make an adjustment. Most people that go to become champions in any sport or champions in life There's all kinds of pivots and adjustments and nuances to it. Well, we're halfway through January 2021. It's time to get back to business. And I know for a lot of you guys that are business owners, I don't have to tell you how difficult it is just to get the information at your fingertips. You need to make good decisions and to be able to see it in an orderly way where it's just you're processing information. You call a shot, you do the right thing, and you grow your business. It's not easy with all these different spreadsheets and different data coming your way or trying to find stuff. And if you're a real small business owner, sometimes you're doing all this stuff yourself. And so for me, it was really simple. And all 23 of the businesses that I own right now, we use NetSuite. I just made that decision from the really big ones to the ones that are one and two person operations, because I can get everything organized in one spot. So for you, here's the thing, you can stop paying for multiple systems that don't give you the information you need when you need it. You can ditch all these spreadsheets and this out-of-date software, you know, multiple different things you're trying to splice together. I just feel like a lot of you, it's time for you to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. It's the world's number one cloud business system, like by a mile. It gives you the visibility and control over your financials, IT, inventory, HR, e-commerce, everything you need all in one place. And you get it instantaneously too. And the way it's delivered to you, it's easy to read and easy to understand. So whether you're doing a million a year or hundreds of millions, and it doesn't matter the size of the business, you can save time and money by using NetSuite. Like I said, I'm doing it. I'm a fan. I'm a client. And so there's over 24,000 companies, by the way, that use NetSuite already. You got to join the group. It's not that expensive. It's an investment in your business. It's an investment in yourself. So Let NetSuite show you how they can benefit your business with a free product tour. I really recommend it. It's free. NetSuite.com slash mylet. And schedule your free product tour right now at NetSuite.com slash mylet, which is M-Y-L-E-T-T. NetSuite.com slash mylet. So you lose. Is the pain of losing greater than the joy of winning or is the joy of winning greater than the pain of losing for you?
1: I think that the pain of losing just sticks so much longer. When I win, I don't, it, it's funny because when I win, I think about the pain that I went through to get that victory. Mm. Um, and, and, and you're so joyous. You're on this incredible high, but your mind, your, your mind probably celebrates it for, you know, depending on the person 10, 15 seconds, maybe that night. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when you win, it's okay. On to the next one. What, what can we do next? Yes. But when you lose, it just sticks with you and it drags you down and it tries to pull you under.
0: Mm. Have you, you know? thought about quitting?
1: No, I have. I've have never thought about quitting. But, um, you know, there are times where I just I, I want to. Um, you know, stick myself in a room and not and not have to face the music. There are times when I want to. um not have to explain myself. Yeah. You know, um, and and but those are just moments. Mm -hmm. You know, those are moments that that come and go. You
0: have this amazing ability, Michelle. Like this is everyone that's not a UFC fan or even an MMA fan, when you listen to her, you find out why everyone roots for her. It's she's very vulnerable. She's very transparent. She's you. You know, she's one of the few fighters at the top levels that's also a mother. There are others, but she's a mother. And she's a wife, and I just think the whole story of you moves people. And I I want to talk about these moments. So, when when you are your most confident, Michelle, where does that come from? In other words, if I'm someone listening, to say I need to generate more confidence because I see in Michelle, even when she wins, it, sometimes when you've won, I watch you, and I'm already watching you. I think when you're even being interviewed, the things you could have done better, uh, almost sometimes guilty that you. I, you've even seen this. Sometimes it looks like they almost guilty for the other person feeling bad. You know, I've seen empathy from you for your opponent when you've beaten them, and I can see on your face that that's true as I say it. But when you are your most confident, because I think that's something you really have to work on, especially when I've watched you. If that's true, let me know that. And then, where do you get it from? When you, I got to get my confidence up. What? How do you get it?
1: I think I was raised that, you know, talk is cheap, you know, actions speak louder than words. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I, I, I pull a lot of confidence or putting in the work. Um, When I know that I've put in the work day in and day out, that I've had an amazing eight week camp, even if through injuries, even through this, that I can honest, that I can lay down at night and be honest with myself and, and know that I put myself what i Mm -hmm. Through what i needed to to win the fight that i that i left no stone unturned that i you know went to the hard practices that i that i faced my demons um that's when i'm the most confident and and um, and also put in the mental work, too. It, it is like, a, you know, everybody always says a fight is, you know, only, you know, 20 percent physical and 80 percent mental.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, I think it's just as important um, to do the, the mental work as it yeah. is to do the physical work. So, um, you know, when I'm in fight camp, I, I probably I spend anywhere between, you know, 30 minutes to two hours a day working on um, my mental practice. And um, I have an amazing um, a mental coach uh, who who helps me. And a lot of times it, it, it's hard because, you know, my husband is um, is also in my corner and also does a lot of the negotiations for it. So both of us wear different hats. So having to navigate through that, I think, um, is what gives me the confidence. And just um, this just recently, I think for me, what I have been able to embrace and what has given me confidence is that it's okay to enjoy inflicting pain on others because that is my job
0: (laughs) you just recently came to that conclusion after inflicting tons of bodily harm on other women for the vast majority of your adult life you just now concluded that it's okay to do that because that so I am right after some fights you'd have felt guilt haven't you
1: yeah and, and and sometimes in the middle of the fight I have let the fight slip through my fingers because it was because I was winning.
0: That's incredible. Really?
1: Yeah. I I mean, yeah. Like after doing like some introspective work and trying to break down why I lost that fight, there have been fights like that.
0: Wow. I love you. I love you. What does some of that mental work look like? Give us some keys, some tips of what some of that mental work in camp looks like. Is it visualization? Is it self-talk? Is it vision boards? What's it, what's it look like?
1: My sports psychologist, his name is uh, William Shannon. So just let me give him a little hey. Give, a shout. give him a shout. But uh, we work, uh, I, I think the, the foundation of our work um, uh, stems from having power words. And so they're kind of like triggers. Yep. So, um, and, you know, we've been probably working together for, oh God, I don't, I, I'm so hard for me to keep track. I get hit in the head for a living. So. <laughs> we've been working for a good amount of fights and um uh so we've just built on on different power words some of them like uh one of them is confidence one of them is um mom champ one of them is flow you know so I have all of these different um words and just because the one word will trigger a whole slew of emotions, a whole slew of combinations, a whole slew of, 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 of things. And I think it ties in with the way that coach Jackson teaches. He's very like conceptual. So he doesn't try to teach you a single move. He tries to teach you a concept because, you know, if a concept can work when you're fighting, standing up, it will also work when you're fighting on the ground, when you're fighting up against a cage, if it's a good concept. And and so um, that's kind of like the, the, the the same idea with the with the power words when I you know when I say confidence it it, when I start to feel myself when the butterflies start to come up from my from my stomach and I start to feel the heat rise above my neck and and I start to get nervous and I start to get shaky when people start talking about the fights instead of getting nervous and uneasy I tell myself confidence Mm -hmm. and then a lot of things happen, you know, with just that one word, I'm triggering different emotions. I'm triggering myself to be confident, I'm triggering myself to, to be in control of my breath. I'm triggering myself to to be that confident girl that walks into the cage and, and, and wins the fight. Um, with you guys that- all,
0: you're the first person ever on here to talk about triggers, number one. It's something that I teach, and by the way, those of you that wanna know more about triggers, you can go to most of my free stuff and I talk a lot about triggers. This is something that not enough people do, guys, that, that Michelle's referring to here, which is some of these power words that you have, they put you in a particular state. So when you're linking that word to a state, you're linking that word to a move. So it's not just enough to have the word. You're going to get into a state, have that word, get into a state, have that word, get into a state, have that word, or get into a move, get into a particular way you might present if you're in sales and you have those power words. They trigger that state. If you do them enough times repetitiously, they will override the negative state that you're in. Do you do any physical triggers or are they all verbal? Because I teach physical. I watched you do something with your hands here when you did it. I'm just <laughs> wondering if you have any physical triggers, like some guys, everybody, some people will be a hand slapper. if you watch a golfer, it might be there the way they waggle the putter or a baseball player undoes their batting gloves and gets into a trigger state or, you know, a quarterback grabs their towel. This can trigger a state as well. Are all yours verbal or do you use any physical ones as well?
1: I don't think we've, we haven't created any intentionally, but I just think throughout the the process of creating them, that my body takes on a different, my body takes on a different um, state, like you would say, depending on, on the, the word that I, that I've used. And I, and I don't even have to say it out loud. I could just think it, but um, just this last fight, there was one new word that we introduced and it was just, you know, I I think it was me waking up the more savage side of myself and, Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so there was a physical um, a trigger that I, that I would use to, to wake that person up.
0: <laughs> yeah, your, your face just changed when you said savage too. No joke. It literally did. <laughs> and you guys, one of the things these triggers can do is you can become a character. You can literally take on a character. I had Brian Dawkins on, who's a safety in the NFL Hall of Famer. He literally became a character. Um, you know, he, he developed a character that he undertook that persona when he went into the ring it hurts me that more people that are in sales or in life or even moms don't have these resources that I teach because they haven't listened to my stuff or that you're learning that you use in fighting. You can use it in every area of your life. And by the way, everybody, the reason you want triggers, something that a word that changes your state or a physical move is you have other triggers you're unaware of that trigger negative states. And so if you don't have a resource to overcome it, sometimes you, know, you may walk into a room sometimes, guys, and all of a sudden you leave the room and you're like, why am I so sad? What just happened? It's possible that something sad has happened previously in that same space or a particular person triggers you or a particular song and they can be good or bad. And so having a couple triggers you have that generate the state you want are so important just for your overall mental health and emotional health. So I'm so thrilled that you just said that. Okay, let's talk a little bit about, I want to get into the right before the fight part with you because everyone has the right before their fight, the right before their sales call, the right before their speech, the right before they walk in do you do something it's it's you're going to be an hour you're an hour out from the fight so you're back in the room I know you're physically warming up but what does that process look like all the way up till you get in the cage what's going on in your mind what are you doing take us through that last part of preparation not the camp but now the right at the fight preparation
1: Mm -hmm. well um throughout camp we we mentally prepare for those moments because to me those are the most stressful moments it's like the unknown it's waiting in line for the roller coaster like you're about to do this maybe i should turn around and not get on the ride (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um,
1: and so that's the most um stressful for me um, is is that time and and we've worked really hard on not making it stressful we've worked hard on on making it um an enjoyable exciting time um Mm -hmm. I don't have any rituals because every fight's different Mm -hmm. you know even if it even if I am going in to fight the same person it's going to be a different fight Mm -hmm. um and so I don't have any rituals but um I think being in control of my breath and not allowing myself to expel too much energy and trying to reserve that energy for the fight is what I've really been working on because I could be, get so angst up and so riled up that I, you know, I was going to say, blow my load.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we know what you mean. Yeah. We know what you mean.
1: And I, you know, let it all out before it's even yes. time. So you know, working yes. on trying to like bottle up that energy for when it counts is, is what we, we really try to hone in on. And um, you know, anytime I feel myself, um, you know, getting out of control, just kind of trying to get myself back in in, in control, um, and then really focusing on being in the moment, mm. um, because I think for so much of my life I've always, you know, well, when I win, this is gonna happen, or always looking forward, always planning forward, always trying to, you know, predict all those things. Um, You can miss so much of what's actually happening right in front of you. And I think that I do my best when I'm in the zone and just letting things happen organically. Obviously, you have a game plan. But for me, I do my best when I go out there with my toolbox and and just fix um, the problem that's in front of me. Mm.
0: Well, if you're smoking, you got to quit. One of the things I was most proud of my dad is, you know, he passed away recently. But one of the things I was so proud of is many, many years ago, like 30 some odd years ago, my dad quit smoking. But I watched up close how difficult that was. And I know some of you really love nicotine. And that's why I love Lucy. No pun intended. Lucy is a nicotine company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't completely suck. And those of you that use them all tell me, man, the ones I use, they don't taste good, I don't like them, I don't like how I feel when I use them. And that's why this is cool because it's researched and developed for three years, made by people and for people, not just patients. And so Lucy's created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. And my friends tell me the pomegranate is like unbelievable. All three of them are great, but a couple of my friends prefer the pomegranate one. Lucy also has a lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine in it in a cherry ice flavor that I hear is unbelievable. And each and every flavor tastes super good, according to my friends who are using it. And that's why Lucy's blowing up. It is dominating the space. It's convenient. It's discreet. Products can be shipped anywhere you want. You can join them anytime you want on flights, at work, on the go, or even in the gym. And I just got to tell you, one of my really, really good friends, I told them Lucy was sponsoring the show. This is like three months ago. And I sent them the uh, lozenges. And they're like, brother, this is unbelievable. It's changed me. I'm not smoking anymore. I'm getting the you know, the fix that I need, so to speak. And then they've moved on. And he's one of the ones that loves pomegranate, but he also uses the cinnamon gum as well and enjoys that. So it's the real deal. It's 2020. Get off your cigarettes. Unplug your vape. Throw out your dip and get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges, you guys. So for all of my listeners, all the Ed my listeners, if you go to lucy.co, that's lucy.co and use the promo code MILET. You get 20% off all the products, including the gummer lozenges. That's the best deal they offer anywhere. Again, that's lucy.co and use promo code MILET at checkout. Also, I have to give you this disclaimer. So it's a warning. This product contains nicotine derived from tobacco, and nicotine is an addictive chemical. So with that said, lucy.co and be sure to use that promo code MILET, which is M Y L E T T. What do you think? So you went where I want to go. That was so good. By the way, on the energy thing, I was a division one college baseball player and I'm convinced I don't, I was not probably a good enough player to go play at the level. I mean, everyone, just so you know, when you're listening to this incredible woman speak, you're talking about one of the elite female athletes of the last decade in the United States. Just remember that when you're listening to her, someone this articulate, this vulnerable, this honest, you're talking about one of the elite athletes in the world and this energy expense is so important because everything in life is a transfer of energy. And one of the reasons that I convinced I'm not playing is I got so nervous, so worked up, so worried, so fearful before games that oftentimes by the time the first pitch came, I was fatigued. Yeah, I was tired. And I've watched this with athletes that I've worked with. So and it happens in presentations, happens in careers. You just expend mm-hmm. too much energy. So I want to ask you a deep question here. And I I know you'll be honest. What are you really fighting? In other words, I think most fighters, and I've watched this with you, and I've always wanted to ask you this. I watch you. I'm going to be candid with you. I watch you, and I go, this is an amazing athlete. I don't think she's the most gifted athlete. I, I, watch, I look at a woman who's grinded and worked and, and earned everything she's got. Also, I watch you, and I think she wants to be somebody really bad, and, but she's also fighting something inside, like all of us are. Like, I think just all of us are. She wants to win. He just said a minute ago, you know, when I win, then this will happen. When I win, then that will happen. At its core, what do you think you're fighting? Like, what are you overcoming? I'd I just love to know that about you. Or do you not know yet?
1: We all have our own uh, demons. We all have our own, you know, there's, there's the, the good wolf and the bad wolf. I don't know if you ever heard yeah. that story. And, you know, it's like the the one that thrives is the one you feed. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's so, so I just think that I've always subconsciously fed the, the, the negativity, the, the doubt and the fear and the, and, um, like all of those things. And so that's what I'm fighting. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. fighting against those thoughts in my mind. I'm fighting against, um, those things that try to suppress the the good wolf. Um, Mm -hmm. All, all of my fears, honestly, that's why I continue to fight because it forces me to face my fear. I sign the dotted line. They close the cage behind me and there's no backing out.
0: <laughs> Do you recommend that for people in their, in their dream though? Like metaphorically, in order to really flourish, don't you think you have to close the cage yeah. and just decide I'm here? Don't you think? I think most people leave the cage door open. Like if it doesn't go really well, if I get knocked <laughs> down enough times, I'm going to run out of this cage. Don't you think?
1: Absolutely. It's scary. It is the scariest thing you'll ever do, but it's also the most rewarding thing you'll ever do. Like I, I think not enough of us give ourselves, put ourselves um, in harm's way. You know, we're, we're always trying to protect ourselves and, and not just ourselves, our children, you know, because we don't want to see our children hurt. We don't want to see our children in pain. We, you know, and so we try to shy away from it. We try to keep them safe, but sometimes, you know, through the pain is the best way to learn.
0: Look at you. I love you. You're awesome. (laughs) Um, Speaking of that, 2011, you have your baby. And I'm wondering if that changed you in the way that you fight or what you're fighting for um, or the way you train or, you know, men never get asked this, but do you have any of the guilt when you're training? You know, they never ask a male fighter that, but it is something that women face, right? So how did that change you one way or the other, if at all?
1: I changed me. F- I mean, for the best, you know, um, mm-hmm. I think that it did a lot of things It brought my husband and I closer together. You know, he, he, he also had a really, really promising boxing career mm-hmm. that he gave up so that we can have a steady income and so that I can pursue my dream as a fighter. Um, and it brought my husband and I closer and Araya has been a part of, you know, my career since she, before she was born, she didn't even know it. I didn't, when I didn't know I was pregnant, I was, she was in my belly and we were sparring. <laughs> really? really? Wow. Um, and so um, she's a part of the team. Mm. And I think before I had her, you know, Fighting was a passion of mine, but I had to make a decision that when I did have her, if I was going to continue to fight, that it it couldn't just be a passion. I had to make it something it bigger than just a passion, something bigger than just a hobby. It had to be something that, that I could consider a career. It, it had to be something that I could be proud to bring her along for the ride mm-hmm. with, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we did.
0: She must be so proud of you. And as she gets older and realizes more and more who her mama is, you know, and what she's accomplished when your kids are that age, you know, when they're 10, 11 years old, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, my kids are that age. You're their mama or their daddy. So they love you. But I think all of us want our children as they figure out who we are someday, because we all figure out who our parents are at some point. We love our parents, but there becomes an age where you're like, oh, that's actually who my mom is in, in the world. That's who my dad is in the world. And I think all of us want to have that where our children are proud of us too. those of us that have children. If we don't have children, make our parents proud of us. And that's what I see in you. I see that in you. And I see that you wanting to do that for your husband as well. Now, would you ever want her to fight?
1: It's up to her. (laughs) Hmm. It's Hmm. up to her. You know, she, I, I don't think she wants to, she's expressed it. She's, you know, she comes to the gym with me. She's seen me beat. beat up pretty bad, broken nose, broken hand. Um, up close and personal, you know? And so she mm-hmm. just, in her mind, she'd, you know, she'd rather do something,
0: else. something else. For now, yeah. for now. What advice would you give to anybody listening to this, your daughter included who says, but this is my dream. You know, I, I have this dream. Everyone thinks I'm nuts. You know, you're, uh, I, I'm, I'm a ring card girl and I would like to be a UFC champion someday. Right. Or, you know, I'm a stay-at-home mom right now, but I would love to start a business and be Sarah Blakely in uh, from Spanx, or you know, I'd love to become an influencer on social media and inspire people and move them, or whatever it might be. And they're just miles from it right now. It's just, you know, everyone would think they were crazy. What advice would you give to them, or what would be the words that you would say to them about pursuing it?
1: I think that we all you know, would love to do something. We all wish to have this or wish to have that. Um, We all dream of um, being this or being that. And um, like when you use the words like wish and want and hope, then that's what they are. They're just, they're just dreams and wishes and wants. And so you have to, you have to, you know, you have to do, you have to, put the action in, you have, you know, if you have to, it can't be a dream, it has to be a goal. And you have to work on that goal every single day and you have to put the time in, you have to put the energy in and it, it is not gonna happen overnight. And you have to understand that and you have to understand that it's not gonna happen, you know, in a year. And, and if it's something that you're passionate about, the time shouldn't matter, The time will fly by. And as long as you keep, you know, putting, you know, put your head down and, and grind it out, it will happen if you're passionate enough about it, and if you, if you care enough to, to see it through, it will.
0: Okay, I already can tell you that's going to be one of the clips to promote the show, because I was so damn good. Like, I totally love that. And I love when I watch your face get emotional. I love, I love it, because you mean it so deeply. So everybody, one of the things I really want to recommend you focus on this year, and it may seem simple, but it's a game changer, is get outside more, get outdoors more often. It helps you get clarity, peace, energy, it can increase your belief. could can even increase your faith when you're connecting with nature. And I made this commitment like eight months ago. And I'm already an outdoors type person, but I just wanted to do more of it. And so one of the great resources for me, in fact, the primary resource for me has been backcountry.com. It's where you can get all your outdoor gear. I love it because it's founded by a former Olympian. And it's just a really cool place for whether it's skiing gear or jackets or hiking stuff or whatever you need. It is my go-to place right now. Everybody from Patagonia to Big Agnes to Santa Cruz Bicycles, whatever you want. For me, I've got my Santa Cruz Bicycle there, but you guys just saw my Instagram story. I get my jackets there, and I've got some camping gear there as well. And so you can get all of that stuff if you're a skier, all the different things that you want. Um, And what's cool is when you go to the backcountry.com, You're also connecting if you go by phone to a former Olympian that's giving you counsel for anything, providing a detailed pack list for your next summit to gift recommendations for outdoors people. I sent skis to a friend of mine this uh, Christmas as a gift, a really good friend of mine um, from backcountry.com. And so it's just been a great resource for me. Um, There's former pro athletes on there, Olympians. 100 day a year skiers seasoned guides with years of experience so you can get you know advice guidance gear whatever you need there it is a literally one stop place for outdoor everything and it's 24/7 by phone email chat product recommendations and it's you know the best people giving you advice it's the experts in the industry former olympians it's just a really crazy concept and it's awesome so if you go to backcountry.com/mylet and enter the promo code my you get 15% off first full price purchase. There's a few exclusions, but not very many. They don't usually give discounts, but they're giving our audience 15% off. So go right now 15% off at backcountry.com slash my let and enter the promo code my to get the 15% off. And again, that's backcountry.com slash my let which is m y l e t t. And don't forget to enter your promo code of my also. I think you're gonna love this place guys. I think everybody wants to win, but then I do think there are people that just have this, and it's overused term, heart of a champion, but like, it's right on the edge. It is for me too. Like, I want to be somebody. I want to make a difference. Like, it matters to me. It makes me emotional. And I can see that with you too. And, And obviously on a completely different level than me, but you have to want it so bad, guys, that it brings you almost to tears, that it's right there. Like, you. that's how you know you're in. When you are so emotional about it that you can't, you can't, you wake up thinking about it. You go to sleep thinking about it. When you talk about it, missing out on it is so scary to you that it almost brings you to tears. You know, like it's got to be right there because I was, I want to ask you about that preparation. So basically your answer is one that I would give, which is that you need to outwork everybody. Like, it's great that you think it and want it and hope it and all that stuff. Like you got to fight for it, literally. And, and, but I don't think people often know at a world-class level, because there's a zillion people out there doing Muay Thai right now or karate and, or Kempo, they're learning to be the defensive skills. And then there's everybody in a gym and then there's the little circuits and then there's moving up and then there's, you know, strike force back in the day and all the way up now. And then there's the UFC and then there's staying there. And then there's the top 10 and then there's like, five or eight women over the last decade of which you're one of. So just so everyone understands the context of this, of what this woman's accomplished, right? And here's the thing. I was at the gym this weekend and it was a Sunday, so it was cool. Anybody in there I got respect for. But how they think they're training. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean, right? You know where I'm going. They think they're training and I'm like, "Pick it up. Let's go, man." Like it's not four minutes in between sets, like stop yawning, get off your phone, bust your ass, let's go, get, throw some energy at this. And I think the world-class level of entrepreneurship, being a mom, being a dad, uh, faith, fighting, I don't think most people have an appreciation, the extent of the work, the extent of the obsession. You know what I mean? Like that level. Describe for us, because we're running, we're running out of time and I want them to have this, so take your time on it. What's that look like? What's the elite level UFC top ten in the world look like in terms of the work for you the last bazillion years you've been doing it up till now? Like you know what you probably even trained with people like that's not the level even though they're a pro fighter that's not the level. Can you describe what that's like? Well,
1: I. Talk, think about my daughter and I think about some of the things that I try to instill within her even just now at school you know when she's doing her work and I'm checking her work and the 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 te- the directions say complete two or three sentences in order to answer this question and she does the bare minimum and she does two sentences and I ask her why and she said because that's what the direction's say." and I said but that does that get your complete thought down on the paper like is that the best you can do are you content with being average Cause if you are, that's your choice, you know. And those are the things that I ask her, like on a daily basis, because I do. I want to grind it in her head that it's not that she should not be content with being average. It's okay, but she should not be content with being there. You know, like she should want to propel herself forward. And and that is not something that I can do for her. It's only something that she can do for herself. Um, and and I think the same goes in in fighting. And and a lot of the times, do the work. Sounds so simple, um, but something that, you know, my, my very first instructor used to tell me just because it's simple doesn't mean it's easy, mm-hmm. you know? And so, yeah, it's simple to, to, to work on a job, but does, does that make it easy if you're doing it over and over and over again to perfect it the way that John Jones has his jobs, you know? Um, and so sometimes the most simplest tasks are the ones that you have to work on to, to, to be the best. And, and I think not enough of us appreciate or, or have really embraced the suck of work, the process, the meaty stuff of, of why, why it gets done. And, and that's what it is. It's like um, allowing yourself to get in the zone, to, to put your head down, to do the work, you know, to, to get there before everybody else, to do the work and and to stay there when and 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 it's not because everybody left it's because you're not done when you know you're done then you're done and i then that's a different that's a different done for everybody you know like you said i'm i'm i definitely am probably one of the most clumsiest um (laughs) mma fighters not not the most gifted like um naturally gifted um but I, i put in the work to to get there you know um and so um and I know that, and only I know that, and only that person, like everybody will complain, how come I haven't got there? Well, because because you're complaining about how come you haven't got there instead of trying to figure out what it is that you did wrong,
0: you know? So good, so good, so good, so good. I, uh, I'm gonna have one more question for you, but I, I wanna acknowledge one thing that, that Michelle just said, which is that I think it's the tedious work of like over and over and over again in life and business, doing things that become monotonous and not getting bored with doing them to perfection. Nick Saban says, we don't do this until we get it right. We do it until we can't get it wrong. It's just a different standard with the best of the best of the best. And that's why he's won seven national championships at Alabama. So uh, thank you for today. Number one. Um, now everybody's favorite fighter is you and everyone's <laughs> going to root for you. But I, so I have to ask you one more thing. Cause I just want to pull one last thing out of your brain. And then I want to know what's next for you. So you have to have a superpower though, Michelle, to get to your level. You have a superpower. There's something about you, whether it's your work ethic, your intensity, your ability to focus, your speed, your power, your agility. Your—I mean, I, I've worked with some fighters where their superpower is they actually love getting hit and absorb punishment better than most people. Right. So, I'm curious. You've gotten where you've gotten. What would you say? And with no, don't use humility here. What is Michelle Waterson's superpower? What is yours? Do you think?
1: You say don't use humility, but the, I guess what I would say my superpower is that I always feel like that there is so much more to learn. And I, and I don't want that. To, that comes off as being, you know, humble. And so I'm like, what else is I, I, you know, when we talk about fight or flight, I do have fight in me. Like, you know, if it, when push comes to shove, you know, if I'm shoved, I'm, I'm pushing back. Um, and so I know I have that in me. Um, and, and that's it. everybody. You have either one or the other.
0: I love that. And by the way, I think that is your superpower. I was, I thought you were going to say I outwork everybody, but I actually think the deeper answer is your humility, which is what causes you to outwork everybody because you are so humble. And so I think that's actually the most honest, true answer about you. That's what makes you a champion. It just totally does. So what's next for you? When are you fighting again? Do you know? And, and by the way, where can we find you so people can follow you?
1: Uh, i'm probably most active on my instagram it's karate hottie mma we've been you know this year a goal of mine is to try to be more active on my youtube so that we can have a little bit more in-depth relationship with people that um that want to be involved um uh so across the board it's karate hottie mma you can find me anywhere um as far as fight news i don't have any i was scheduled to fight this month um life happened we rolled the punches um and um so we're probably thinking April, May timeframe okay. uh, for my next fight.
0: Okay. Well, we're all rooting for you. And you just picked up, you know, probably millions more people that already loved you, but hopefully we've introduced the world to the way you think. Just so wanna thank you. Cause we got inside the mind of a champion. We got inside the mind of a mother. We learned about the mental game. We learned about triggers. We learned about humility. We learned about preparation, overcoming fears. I think you're the most honest guest I've had, and I'm so inspired by you. And uh, I shouldn't say that, it's not fair to my other guests, but you're as honest a guest as I've ever had. And I enjoyed today so much. I just wanna ask the audience to please share this with people that you care about. Everyone from young athletes, to mothers, to entrepreneurs, to just people that wanna be happier and overcome their fears and work on their self-confidence. Michelle is an absolute shining star and example. So Michelle, thank you so much for today. Thank you. God bless everybody. Max out. This is the Ed Milard Show.